Hey everybody, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, let's get the, well, let's talk about this. If you are uh, just stumbling upon this podcast, it's primarily 12-step recovery based. Uh, you'll find some other content here and there, uh, stuff about quitting particular substances, nicotine. Uh, you'll hear some stuff on here about yoga. Uh, and also invite some people once in a while just are in the, in the business of helping people do life better. So uh, if you're hitting the wall with some uh, substances, uh, you have found the right place. 12-step spiritual recovery is another avenue for that. Um, we acronym it TSSR, and it is the 12 steps for everyone. Come as you are. The 100 or so fellowships that currently use the 12 steps are all geared at some particular malady, some particular uh, substance or behavior. And uh, the 12 step spiritual recovery group just says it doesn't matter what you got. If you got a one, none, a few, uh, you can come use these 12 step tools to, uh, frankly, revolutionize the rest of your life. It could be the first day of the rest of your life. Uh, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, the book, is by James Christopher Cohn. You can find that on Amazon. Uh, 12stepspiritualrecovery.com has a list of meetings you can uh, come to. A couple of those, there's a women's and ladies' night one on Tuesday nights. It's uh, Zoom. So, and there's a Thursday night one that's a co-ed, open to all. Uh, that Both of those are on Zoom, and you can join those meetings from any place in the world. And uh, you can just come in, sit, scope it out. Uh, as I've been saying pretty often lately, I can guarantee you that if you will work these 12 steps and practice these principles in your daily life, uh, your life is going to get better. And who don't have some space for better, right? A couple opportunities this week. Uh, one of them I recorded and one of them I didn't. I had an opportunity. I got asked to uh, come over and speak with the Choose Well group over in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, helps parents recover from alcoholism uh, I, I, I hesitate to say the requirements but I know it's people with children especially young children uh, you had to have, be sober for a little bit and they offer different kinds of assistance to help assistance to help you uh, keep those babies fed and diapered and and even uh, after a certain extent uh, help you out with getting housing and uh, went over there and talked to them a little bit uh, I don't even remember Wednesday night. It was uh, different. They say that there's men and women in it, but uh, men were at the healing place at a different event that night. So this was all women again. And uh, there's nothing makes me more nervous. Uh, I don't know why that is. I can speak to a bunch of guys without no problem. A uh, mixed group, no problem. All women, the butterflies flare up more than usual. Talked about yoga, basically just trying to get to where I'm talking more about what's life's like since uh, getting sober and the miracle list and things like that, rather than dwell on the old war stories. Uh, they're just so far away now, and I know they're they have a place in your talk to make sure you're identifying, you know, so that the people listening to you know you got to convince them that you had this thing too, that you were just as bad off as they <clears throat> they are or were, and you have recovered. You actually uh, have found the way out. As Travis says, this is the way. So I uh, had that opportunity Wednesday night, and I wandered off, and it just didn't work good for recording it. I don't know. That's probably another thing with uh, I really wasn't behind a podium or anything. I was just standing in the middle of a room 
uh, talking. And I kind of like that. I could move around and didn't have to, wasn't pinned behind one piece the whole uh, time. But I also was asked, just as luck would have it, I got uh, invited by Jason H. He's uh, been a guest on here before. Uh, he, uh, I don't think it's in the recording actually because I didn't start it. He he mentioned how we met was uh, he is Brad George's son-in-law, and when Brad come up to talk, uh, I didn't know Brad. Another guy had said, "You got to get this guy on the podcast." I'm like, "Hey, I'm open to it. Help me get a hold of him. Ask him if he's interested." And so I said, "Yeah, Brad wants to do it." And I said, "Cool." So we talked and got it worked out. And um, Jason had driven Brad up here. He told a joke about seeing the ohm symbol on the back of my truck, and he thought that I was a George Harrison fan because, and he says that in a podcast, I'm pretty sure too, because uh, George Harrison had an ohm symbol on the side of his airplane. And uh, Brad and I both knew that that was an ohm symbol, not the not the uh, George Harrison symbol, and we got a kick out of it. But anyway, Jason and I have kept in touch over the years. Uh, I looked it up, and it was that was in December of 2019. So uh, coming up on four years ago, he stood up at the podium and said, uh, I guess I've known you a couple years, right? And I said, yeah, a couple few. And just for no real reason, uh, Jason had it. He worked at the Waverly Sanitarium for a little bit as a tour guide kind of deal. I think they called it an investigator. But uh, he's off doing something different now, started him up a— uh, I think him and a buddy started up a roofing business. But anyway, Jason had uh, got a hold of me about a month ago and asked if I was interested and if I'd come down to Frankfurt to speak. And uh, as always, if somebody invites me, my answer is yes, if at all possible, if I don't have a conflict. So uh, put word around. It's one of the things. Uh, my sponsor, I'll quote him the best. Uh, this won't be a, this is a paraphrase. People like to hear you talk, so you should let them know when you're doing so. So I throwed out some notes and posted it on our little chat groups and stuff and sent out texts to tell people. And I'll be damned if I think there was, I think there was 10 people were down there in Frankfurt. And uh, that's very humbling to have that many people come support you when you talk. Uh, really is. And we went out to dinner afterwards and... Heck, I'll just keep on. You know, that <clears throat> that was fun. Uh, quite a bit different. They had birthdays that night and kind of cut my talk short. They kept telling me I could go along, but just in my heart, man. I, and they had a fun and games, pizza and games afterwards scheduled on that last Saturday of the month, too. And I just like to respect people's timelines. I like mine respected. And, uh, and as luck would have it or as God would direct it, uh, I ran out of things to say right at the end of time and I always walk off from a talk thinking man I didn't talk about this and I didn't talk about that but that's a result in a great part of having a full life uh, uh, I'll say that prayer at the beginning of talking to help let God help direct what I'm going to say here tonight and uh, if it don't if it don't get talked about it wasn't meant to be talked about so that's what you're going to hear today. Uh, I'm a little late getting it out on a Sunday, but I thought, what the heck, I'll do it. I got home last night. I was too tired to fool with it when I got home last night, and it's been a busy day. Got up, made wooden tokens for the TSSR group, and then uh, had a April celebrated four years of TSSR. I sponsor her, so I went over to the TSSR's Misfits meeting, 
that's on Sunday afternoons, back up to that uh, promotion for the TSSR thing. And April celebrated four years this in July. And as you know, April is Marshall's, uh, was Marshall's wife, is, was, and uh, and just flatly, she's had a hell of a year. Uh, Marshall, I think, was diagnosed in January and uh, passed away in July. And uh, I joke around about people in 12-step recovery, you know, one of the, like it says, keep coming back and think, 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 and... Uh, let go and let God and but there's some other things we say all the time and one of them is I got a lot going on uh, and I know we all got a lot going on but April has seriously had a lot going on so we went over there and uh, had a birthday meeting there's Evelyn celebrated four and uh, uh, and Kenzie celebrated one and it was it was good those uh, misfits know how to throw a birthday meeting decorations and props and uh, a lot of laughs and we went out to eat after that so just getting home on Sunday afternoon for that and gonna chill the rest of the evening not that it's any of your business but Christopher and I get together on Sunday nights and watch TV and shoot the shit and catch up and I think it's important you know this staying in touch you know uh, uh, I'll say it I had a guy I haven't seen in a couple of years come and ask me to meet him he had some he's got some stuff going on and you know I get it but uh, you know it makes it a whole lot easier to make that call or to get that help when you stay plugged in yeah there's a million kinds of drifting you watch people drift away. Most people don't just quit going to meetings or quit doing stuff. They just drift away. You know, you don't. They miss a meeting here and there, and then they're missing more meetings than they're making. Um, you know, I don't. While I'm doing the work, I I require a guy to call me every day. But when we get out through the steps, I tell him, you know, you find your rhythm, man. Yeah, what works for you. I don't. I don't need to talk to you every day. I'm gonna be picking up a new sponsee soon and I'm going to be asking him to call me every day so um, frankly I don't have time to to take everybody's calls every day nor do we have to talk once you work these 12 steps life goes pretty good and now it's just a matter of staying plugged in staying connected and uh, staying connected to your community and your sponsor and and frankly this guy hasn't and uh, so um, I believe it's my job to state the truth of the matter as, as my sponsor taught me uh, about those things. And I'll try to help him, but he called it a terrible time because I am busy at the moment. Hey, man, I got a lot going on. I have a full life. I do. There's just not a lot of open windows to uh, find something to do. I got a podcast guest coming over tomorrow night. And, of course, my Tuesday nights are spiritual underground nights. And so the next real opportunity I'd have to give him any time would be Wednesday evening. And, you know, when you got a problem and the guy tells you, oh, I'll see you on Wednesday, and, you know, everybody's problems are urgent, right? They're going to be taken care of now. That's another one of the lessons I've learned in recovery. It's a rare thing when a problem has to be dealt with right now. Matter of fact, there's a that old deal about inaction tends to be the exact right action on some of this stuff. You just kind of kick the can down the road on some problems and they resolve themselves. God resolves them for you. And, uh, man, them's the best problems to have right there. Uh, the ones that 
take care of themselves. And then see if I jump on it real quick, more likely what I do is just mess it up real good. Uh, so like I said, not there's very, very few problems needing a solution right now. And I learned that with my sponsor. Taught me that and made a believer out of me and now I can pass those lessons on. That's what this is about, right? Uh, that whole chain of people hand in hand passing these lessons from one to the other how to do this thing called life a whole giant big mentorship apprenticeship program disguised as a program to stop drinking <laughs> all right so things are good uh, staying plenty busy in the handyman business and uh got a woodworking job going right now keeping me plenty business fell behind a little bit last week because i had to first time i ever had to order paint i can usually get the paint that i want off the shelf and uh and i couldn't so i learned a new lesson there man when i take an order for a painted job or for a job that's finished i need to be getting on the f procuring the finish uh asap but again i figure all things happen for a reason and uh I just don't like my schedule monkeyed with, you know. I don't think anybody does. You got kind of got your plan mapped out, and next thing you know, something happens. It's no different, you know, driving in traffic or anything else. You come across a crash or a road construction, and you have to take a different path, and it uh, upsets our apple carts. And uh, it's another recovery miracle thing. It's to be able to recover from that stuff and blow it off, and it's no big deal. The subtle art of not giving a fuck because it really doesn't matter that much. And the client don't care. She's not in that big a hurry. She she knows I'll get it done, and it won't be delayed by much. So yeah, uh, Chris is doing good. August fourth, she'll celebrate six months. Dad's doing good. I gotta get his tail end of his podcast recorded. I got one more sitting with him, and I think we'll get from. Uh, I think we'll get a bow tied around it. And I'd like to get that put out. I also have a top secret recording that I'm trying to get permission to release to to commemorate Don Major, but it's not my recording, so I'm waiting for a response from the guy who recorded it. See if I can get uh get that out for you guys too. I think it's important. John was a uh, a huge uh, he was a giant in the a giant force for recovery. And I want to say in the Louisville area, but I know he impacted more than that. You know, he was a nationwide uh, circuit speaker. Uh, and, you know, his final talk was actually in the exact same month he passed away. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get that out to you guys, too. But no promises. Uh, it, again, it's, it's a, whatever this gentleman's decision is on uh, whether if he'll let me do that or not, I will honor it one way or the other more recovery such a big umbrella when you walk through the doors and you're just trying to stop drinking you it's hard to have even a clue about how big that umbrella is and how much of your life it's going to impact because it catches every square inch of mine on an hour to hour day to day week to week basis so i will uh pass it along to you to to the speaker tonight and uh i give you dan from new omni indiana hi everyone my name is dan reeves i'm an alcoholic hey, dan. Uh, 
I work real hard not to think about what I'm going to say when I get the opportunity to speak. Uh, I do want to congratulate Derek on the chip in the book tonight, man. Uh, first day of a new way of life, man, and grab a hold of it and do it. And all the birthday people, Sarah, Dan, Gabe, Stephanie, I think I hit them all. I'm a name guy. Uh, I remember your name. It's a gift I've had since uh, since getting sober. I would have told you that I couldn't, you know, a lot of times people say, I'm no good with names. And, uh, and I can't say that. Once I got sober, if I see your name, if I get it twice, I'll know you forever. Uh, and it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge gift. I know at least one guy in here uh, talks about it now and again when he came back after a few years and, uh, and somebody remembered who he was. And, you know, that fellowship and these people that are really rooting for you, as uh, I think Dan said, about family in here, basically. And uh, even though I'm from New Albany, uh, I still know I walk in here and it's brothers and sisters in the steel and, it, and it's real. Uh, I have a sobriety date. It's uh, January 1 of 2015. I uh, have a uh, home group. It's a spiritual underground men's group in Louisville, Kentucky, 730 on Tuesdays. And it is the group where uh, they say keep coming back until the miracle happens. It's where the bell rang and where things happened for me. And, uh, and I will be forever grateful and supportive of that group as a result of that. Uh, I have a sponsor named Christopher who is here to make sure I'm on the line. Uh, do appreciate him. Like, you know, it's just this, this thing that we do together has got like magic wrapped around it. You know, and, it, and there's no real reasons why a lot of these things should work. Like if you'd sit down and look at like these steps we do, uh, you know, you can make up some stuff about why it works. And there are some uh, concrete things about it, but the, the combination of those 12 steps in this uh, fellowship and how we grow together and, and become accountable to at least one person, who I call my sponsor, who I know I can lay everything on the line with, who I can speak completely freely with, I can take off all the gloves and, uh, and know that that guy ain't going to judge me. He's just going to help me move along down this path the same way the people who helped him get here uh, did it. Uh, and I sponsor some guys, and I want to thank folks here that's here to support me. That's just crazy that people will drive an hour to come listen to some guy, some new Albany hillbilly yap for a little bit. I was hoping the, uh, I was keep on watching the butterflies in your stomach, and I don't know anybody that wouldn't feel that way. Um, <coughs> ramp up as them birthdays go through and through, and I know when my time is going to come, you know, and, and, you, and there's nothing I can do to settle that down. So I'll ask you for just a moment, you know, we... Uh, we lost a giant lately, uh, Don M. Uh, from the Louisville area. I imagine some of you people know him. Uh, I'm just going to ask for a moment of silence, and that helps me calm my butterflies down while I ask God to help uh, speak through me, uh, speak through my heart rather than through my head. And uh, at that same time, that moment of silence for, uh, for Don. Thank you all. Uh, I already gave the details on me and that. Thank you, Jason, for inviting me down here tonight. Uh, it is cool. to. That's another one of the magic things. You know, I, I, I had a friend, and he said, you got to get this guy. I have a podcast, and I have people come just do exactly what we're doing right here and tell their stories, and I broadcast it out to the world. And uh, and, and I, it's, it's another miracle in my recovery. It was an opportunity that come into my heart as I was, uh, I was really super into uh, recovery audio helped me a bunch when I was real early in. You know, anything else I would do, 
uh, was always attached to drinking, you know, but music, TV, didn't make any difference. Uh, and, and I needed something else to do. And a friend of mine turned me on to these, the internet and all these recovery tapes. And it, it, and I would just, I had a desk job where I sat at a desk all day long and just poured it in me and just listened to these giants that are out there on the internet and some not so giants. And, uh, and it helped, uh, it helped, <laughs> brain because my brain needed abortion i'm not using that as a negative term i really needed some new thinking and by pouring that into me all day long that helped me get to that point to to put the old stuff down and uh let go of them old ideas and 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 give me some new ideas to replace them with and uh that had me seem the reason why i did why i started that podcast was for that same reason and uh and a guy said you got to get brad george up here you got to you got to i said well help me i don't know him uh cold call a guy and have him come and next thing you know he uh i was on the phone with him and he agreed to come up and uh and and jason drove him up and that's how i met him and then one that's just uh one thing after another we we just for no reason whatsoever are in contact with each other one for some unknown reason here and there and then uh then i got the invite to talk so thank you for that uh you know that stuff of before right what it was like i'm gonna try to talk more about what's like today uh than what it was like because we know all that you know and um I do a podcast and I listen to people and I get to hear these, these I call them bell ringers, these same things. Because at some level, we're all cookie cutters of one another. You know, it's the same story, just painted a different color. And uh, I started, you know, alcohol was normalized around me growing up. All uncles, uh, Thanksgivings, all that kind of stuff. It was always around. Uh, I never really have too much recollection of people being drunk, nor do I have any real recollection of the word alcoholic being used or somebody that, you know, I didn't have uh, too many people that were like demonstrating that at the level that we do. Uh, So when I got offered a beer eventually, uh, there was no reason to say no. And, uh, and, and, you know, it just, it's, it just happened slowly on me. And I started when I was 14 years old, 14, 15, from, you know, getting offered some dope and some beer. And uh, as Bill says in there, that uh, I would have no idea that that was going to be the boomerang that swept back around me so many years later. And frankly, you know, I want to tell you I had a pretty good run, you know, uh, because I didn't get sober until I was 45. And, uh, but the trouble that was in between there, you know, at 16, I got my first DUI. I'd had my driver's license for six months or something. And, you know, and I got kicked off the New Albany High School basketball team for smoking dope on the bus when I was a sophomore. And, you know, when we talk about insanity, you know, when it's at step two, restore us to sanity, I can't, uh, I can't even get my arms wrapped around how insane that was to smoke dope on the goddamn school bus uh, <laughs> and think you're going to get away with it. <laughs> and another DUI followed that up and, and another one and, and then marriage and kids and I kind of put a cap on it. I didn't really stop, but I, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I did my best to manage it. You know, you, you could do that sometimes and you'd fall short on other times. And, and I really didn't think I had a problem. You know, it didn't, it, because all the people I was hanging around with were doing the same thing. At least that was my perspective. Because um, we search out the people that are doing what we're doing, right? We, well, that's who I want to hang with. And uh, at some time, I, you know, I try to, I try to tell my podcast guests to stay off the date timelines because it really doesn't matter. So at one point, uh, the alcohol had stopped working for me. And I just couldn't, you know, no matter how many I drank, no matter what kind I drank, whatever the combination was, it wasn't working for me anymore. And, uh, 
and I walked into my mom's house one night and was they used to watch my watch our kids and I'd go pick them up after after work and uh, mom had just had a surgery and there was those prescription bottles sitting by her nightstand and I picked them up and looked at them really for no particular reason at all man uh, just picked them up and it and what I remember saying it said it was for pain and that was something I knew I had some of uh, I could not drink enough to feel okay anymore, and I slipped some of those in me, man, and I, the alcohol has always been a solid partner, but those things hyper-accelerated my alcoholism, and uh, the next little while was a blur. Um, it just swept me, and uh, well, like I say, you know, uh, I started visiting mom more often. Uh, there's an old thing about stealing your drugs and stealing your friend's drugs and helping you look for them. I did that with my mom. Uh, would sit over and listen to her talk about she doesn't know where they're going. I know I'm not taking them. And uh, when that train ran out, uh, I'll frankly tell you, I was too scared to go on the streets to find drugs. Uh, I was, I was not, uh, I was not brave enough to go try that. And uh, so what I did instead was started going in people's houses when they weren't home and seeing if they had any. Uh, that actually worked out better than I would have thought. Uh, you could always find some. Uh, I, I was amazed at how often I could hit the jackpot doing burgling uh, drugs. I remember looking at money in drawers and stuff and leaving it alone because that's the only thing I wanted. And, uh, and you know, alcohol and opiates it was a really good combination for this dude. That, that got me where I needed to be. Uh, until one night I walked, I had a kind of a regular, a frequent flyer guy who always had, was always getting more. And uh, it's awful to do that. He was in my neighborhood, and he's a guy I've known pretty much all my life. And uh, I walked in his house. I would go in his house, and they would be asleep, or they would be parked up against the TV, and they couldn't hear. And they would have the TV turned up real loud because they couldn't hear. They were old. They were actually in. And I would walk right through their living room behind them without them knowing it and go in there and get it from them and walk back out the house. And uh, I remember the one night I walked in there and uh, twinkle toed back through that house. And uh, the old man's laying in his bed, and there's a TV over here, so the whole room has got that cast of the TV color right in there. And he's laying over, you know, look over, see, yeah, he's sleeping. So I pull the, the, the dresser drawer open, reach in there, shake some out, put them in my pocket. When I turned around, there was a silhouette standing there with a ball bat and pepper spray, and he got me with both of those. Uh, I was able to get away that night. I pushed him down and ran by, and it was the old guy's son. But that ended up being uh, what happened. Uh, few weeks later there was a warrant out for my arrest and uh went down judge cody in new albany and he said uh almost uh, it's like verbatim almost the uh, sentencing guidelines for the crimes you have committed is six to 20 years in the indiana department of corrections and uh and that was enough to scare me but wasn't enough to scare me to stop because it was six months later before my sobriety date was and um I fought through, you know, kept on going to those pre-trials and all that stuff for a while. And uh, and uh, when I said it, the miracle happened, I had a friend at work that invited me to go to this AA meeting. He, me and him was on a similar kind of track. We both were hush-hush about our drinking and trying to get trying to get straightened out but didn't know how. And he invited me to this AA meeting, and that's where I met my current sponsor and where the miracle happened for me. And there were some funny things because I watched. I've been... Uh, you know, it sounds like you talk about me, but I am sharing from my experience. Uh, it is me. I'm up here with the microphone. Uh, 
I've noticed that when you're, there's some kind of thing, when you set your sails in your heart, you know, when your heart actually decides that I'm going to go this way, that I'm going to, I'm going to do these 12 steps. I'm going to set my sails in that direction with everything I have. When the minute people do that, uh, you'll see things will improve in their lives right there. They haven't even done anything yet, but someplace inside of them, they, and I watch guys do it. I watch it. I can see it in a guy's eyes when he's, when he's, for lack of a better term, bought in. When I when I when I got him, I'll see things start changing for him, and that's what happened to me back then. Uh, things started going better, and I ended up uh, getting sentenced to three years in three years, one year on home incarceration, one year on probation, and the third one suspended. And uh, you know, from that six to twenty years down to that, the only thing, the only thing that changed was my heart's sails got set that I would try this. And I didn't think it'd work, but you know, it was the only thing being offered to me, right? You're saying you can go spend some time in the can or maybe try these 12 steps. And my sponsor said, you know, I, he was told me, he said, you know, if I, you won't be the first one that'll, that'll end up having their legal trouble shed off of you as a result of, these, of this work. And magically, that's what happened. Uh, I liked it. I ended up being on home incarceration for nine months. Uh, I think about what a miracle that is today. You know, all the temptations that I had now as an alcoholic, you know, I can, I'm capable, I'm fully capable of screwing up anything, right? So I could have messed that up. Uh, but I didn't, you know, when my buddy got married and there was a bachelor party, I couldn't go. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I couldn't go. When going fishing, I couldn't go. Uh, and it made me, you know, I was, I, it, it took the, all the temptations out of the front of my path for at least nine months. And when, in about half of that time, I had worked these steps thoroughly with my sponsor and it didn't matter anymore. I didn't need it anymore. The, the, temp, the obsession had been removed. And the next thing I wanted to do was to try and, uh, you know, I, I think we're all that more, right? I want more. And I went through there and had that magical experience that I had. And I don't, if you didn't have it, I'm sorry, I had it. Uh, what I want as soon as I got done with that, some more of that, right? But you only get that once, I think. Uh, that, that, that initial go through and the, the changes that happens in your life, uh, uh, I, can, I can pick away at it and I'll work the steps again. And, you know, work the steps the second time, hoping that the fireworks would go off at the end this time, too. Uh, but, it, you know, it, this, it wasn't it wasn't there later. But I found that I could do other things. And uh, God laid, lays things in my path. I call them sticky notes. He lays sticky notes in my path of ideas of things to do. And, uh, and so many things have happened as a result of that. Um, I'll just talk about some things that happened after because... Uh, I was 14 months sober and my mom passed away. And somehow or another, I walked through that as being the guy the family leaned on, right? Just 14 months earlier, I was the last guy anybody was leaning on. But because of this work, when mom went, and I, I will be forever grateful that I went through the work at the level that I did and I was able to make amends with my mother before she passed. You know, I see lots of people that don't have that opportunity. I had that opportunity and, uh, and was able to go around and, and clean up the past with her. Uh, about a year later, my uh, daughter was molested by her grandfather, the mom's uh, father. Uh, that's got to be up there in like the top five father's worst nightmare kind of things. And uh, I don't know if, what went through your head when you think about that. 
but I bet it contained blood. Uh, but that's not what, that's not the way I went through it. And you know, at that time, I felt for, for a moment that my sobriety, that, was, it was, that I wouldn't be able to stay sober through this. You know, it was too much. That tension, it's like that static raises up in me and I can't, I don't know what else to do but get the relief that that would give me. And instead, what happened was the hands of AA created a safety net underneath me and carried me through that event. Uh, and again, uh, I was the guy that was getting leaned on. I was the one people could count on. And that is not who I used to be. Uh, I got a Christmas. My, my daughter is uh, unbelievably artistic. She's just great with stuff. And she always hand paints Christmas cards and other birthday cards. I always get something handmade from her. Uh, they hang on my walls in my bedroom and in my home. And that, that, that Christmas after that, uh, she thanked me for being the only person that defended her through that whole thing. Because her mom didn't even do that. Her mom defended the, the perpetrator and uh, got my ideas about what was going on there, but that's not for tonight. And uh, I just keep on getting these opportunities to uh, show up in my recovery. You know, it was, uh, you know, you sit around, we talk, this, this stuff is fantastic. This You get into the right pot of guys or gals talking, man, and there's a magic, it's like a chorus. It's like a harmony that goes on when you've got a little small group of guys talking and batting around these recovery concepts. If you get to, you get to sit around with, if you're lucky enough, sit around with some of these people who have really truly done this for a long time and have a, a, a bucket full of knowledge in it. And uh, a few of us thought that's what we were, and that's how the podcast started. There was a few of us thinking, man, we should, we should we've got, there's some good stuff here, and we don't hear it on podcasts. You know, podcast, this original AA speakers is probably the original podcast. And um, so there was 12 of us showed up on Sunday morning to... Uh, to try and get it started. And we recorded a couple episodes and uh, it didn't take long for uh, most of those people. I always say alcohol has got a lot of startup and not much follow through. Uh, Cause everybody wanted to do it at first. And then it was really quickly, hey, I ain't got time for this, uh, for this shit. And uh, I was standing there with the ball by myself and it was in my heart to keep it going. And we had recorded two episodes and I, and, you know, what, there's a great thing. I was even on the way here tonight talking about it, man. Having some sponsees, they are just great when you need help. They got to help you. Uh, so I called up one of them and said, hey, why don't you come over and tell your story? And he did. More like long form. So there's no, you know, I get this 40 minutes up here to the microphone, which, you know, you can only just basically touch on a few things. Uh, our lives are so much more than what you're going to try and do in 40 minutes. And, of course, that's why Bill says uh, what it was like, what, it, what happened and what it's like now. But uh, I was standing with the ball and, uh, and, and the guy come over. And then I said, so like the first six or seven episodes are all my sponsees that I conned into coming over and telling stories. And now I think the last episode was 290 of them. And uh, had some... 50,000 listens or so on it and, uh, and and people contact me from all over the world uh, as far away from Africa uh, Europe that they, they've heard the podcast and, and some particular speaker had an impact on that person and I'll get an email uh, uh, you know they'll be sharing the juice with me uh, telling me that that you know thank you for uh, for doing this thing and that's how I met Brad and how I met Jason and how I've had an opportunity to meet a whole lot of people. And I'll just say right now, I'm going to lay some cards up here. And if you would like to participate in your own recovery in that manner, uh, let me know and we'll hook up and, uh, and we can do it. We can come over or we'll do it on Zoom. Um, I'll have to look at a note. 
because I had some things to try and keep on track. I hate doing that because I should know it all real good, right? I talk about those miracles. Uh, I do write that down because uh, in that big book, of, Bill's talking about Eddie, and he's got Eddie across the table from him, and he says something to the effect of, uh, my, idea, my, my ideas about miracles were revised right then. And, uh, and you know, you just hear that term thrown around in here pretty, pretty often. And at some point, these things were happening, like skipping jail, not going to prison. Uh, my probation officer became a friend of mine. Uh, the gal who was in charge of my, she used to come to my sobriety birthdays. Uh, crazy stuff like that happening that really shouldn't seem, you know, that only seems to happen here. Uh, and he suggested that I start writing that stuff down because I would forget about it someday. And I thank him today for having me make that list because now when something happens, I make a little note in my phone because frankly, I do forget about it unless I revisit it. And it's like a long-term gratitude list. You know, I can go back and look at the times that, uh, that uh, the fireworks went off for one reason or another. And anything that's good that's happened in my life has been a result of this program. There's nothing else except for maybe my birth. Uh, the everything else is anchored in 12-step recovery i beat the drum on this stuff as much as i possibly can because i'm convinced it's the single best method for getting your shit back together that that god ever made uh there's no other more concrete steps no no more do this do that do this do that you spend years in therapy to get what we get in six months and uh so this miracle an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs an extremely outstanding or unusual event, thing, or accomplishment, a divinely natural phenomenon experienced humanly as the fulfillment of spiritual law. And I put something real simple as, as an addition to that. I'm going to submit it to the Webster's Dictionary. Something that wouldn't have happened for me had I not got sober, because it does boil down to that simple. Uh, I promise you, uh, like with many of us, I'd be lucky to be alive right now if I hadn't just got sober on the, the path my, the path I was going on. Uh, I was just tipping into that to heroin off of them pain pills like that path always does. And uh, and uh, the second time I got some, the second time I got tried to get some, a guy stole a hundred stole my money, and it put you know it put such a resentment on me that I said I'll never do that again. <laughs> And it was just shortly after that, about a month later, is my sobriety date. Uh, and those are miracles. I, he, I thank that guy for stealing my money. He saved me. Uh, I did see him turn up in an obituary not too long after that, and that's what happens around here. I never knew death like I've known death since I've got here. Uh, every week, somebody a couple degrees away from me, you're hearing about somebody passed away as a result of this disease. Uh, and... and uh, when I first got here and they were saying that, I thought, y'all are getting, you're going a little bit overboard with that talk, you know, this deadly thing, you know, but hang around here a minute and you'll find out that it is true. People that have been around know that. Uh, it taught me how to live, you know? It taught me uh, that I'm not defined by what I do for work. Uh, I'm not defined by if I have a gal on my, on my arm or not, what kind of car I'm driving. Uh, that stuff was all important to me for a long time, getting over that uh, codependency thing of thinking that, uh, you know, and you would talk to me about it and I would deny the fact that it was anything any more than I just wanted a girlfriend. Uh, no, Dan cannot be alone or else he is not complete and he's not a full human being 
unless he's got a nice car, a nice job, things that I can try to impress you with. And uh, funny thing is, is when I let go of all that stuff, I start getting more of it. You know, I don't need it anymore. But when I let go of having it, uh, it helped me. You know, I'll tell you, uh, the biggest single miracle in my life here lately, uh, on my sobriety date in January 1 this year, my daughter texted me that same one. Uh, I have a 17-year-old daughter and 19-year-old son, and uh, not with their mother anymore as a result of this disease. That's what that's what happened there. Uh, things dissolves everything in your life if, if, you, if you let it. You take everything away from you. Just matters how far down the path you'll go. And uh, I thought she was going to come over and congratulate me on eight years, you know. And uh, she said, uh, uh, she said, uh, one thing that tipped me off, she's like, she likes to go, hey, dad. That's the text. Hey, dad. And I got to ask what? Uh, no, you tell me what you want. And just, just finish the text. And she said, uh, I need to come over and talk to you for a minute. And I said, cool. And when she come in the door, her eyes was full of tears. And, uh, and she told me that she, for the past six, eight months, had been hooked on uh, fentanyl pain pills hitting on the streets. And uh, everybody around here probably knows a little about that. You know, any one of them is going to be a, a, a Russian roulette bullet. Uh, the next one could be the last one. And, uh, you know, she could have brought me a lot of problems that day. She could have brought me, I'm pregnant. She could have uh, crashed the car I bought her. Uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of problems. But I look back and the calmness come over me because I can say this, and a guy told me this whenever I first got here. He said, if you have this thing called alcoholism, this thing that I got, if you will work these 12 steps and practice these principles in your daily life, your life's going to get better. I guarantee it. And I thought, guarantee, death and taxes, that's all it's guaranteed, right? There's no guarantees. Well, I sit there with my daughter and said, she brought me the one problem that I do know what to do about. I've sat at the foot of some people who have taught me what alcoholism is, what addiction is, uh, how we get over it. I've had some practice helping other dudes do the work. I've got an awesome support in my sponsor on things like this. And, uh, and I told her the same thing. I can guarantee you that you, your life will get better if you will if you'll work these 12 steps. And, and I guaranteed her one other thing. And that guy said that to, to me that night, too. He said, uh, but I'll guarantee you one other thing. He said, if you got this thing called alcoholism, this thing that I got, he said, if you don't work these steps and you don't practice these principles in your, in your life, your life's going to get a whole lot effing worse. And he had a crystal ball that night because he was right. This was four years before my current sobriety date as I stumbled around in AA trying to find some other way to do this other than the way that's laid out. Uh, you know, you bunch of losers might need to do these steps, but not me. I'll figure another way through it. Now, it wasn't that arrogant, but looking back on it, that's what it was. Just uh, dumb newcomer stuff. Uh, but that's why we put these meetings together too, right? So that little girl, uh, I joke around, she just, uh, August the 4th, she'll be sober six months. And uh, she moved in with me from living with her mom. And, uh, and, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you work with a guy, I've got some people here, two guys in the front row I watch come kicking their shoestrings in here asking for help. And how beautiful it is to present them with these tools, meet with them, walk them through this work, and watch their lives bloom. Watch them, you, people look different. 
their lives start getting better. They're not complaining. All of a sudden, the job they had that sucked ain't such a bad job anymore. Uh, and watching bloom like that, but to be witness to watching my daughter, uh, that's heart level stuff at a whole new deal, man. And uh, I don't know, I got this thought about if I was three years sober and she had done that, and that's nothing against anybody, I stopped saying two years because Toby's pissed because I used two years on this. So I'll say three tonight. And my daughter would have walked up. I'm not sure that I'd have had what it took to be able to demonstrate. And also that timeline hadn't been out there. You know, she's seen a, a fair good chunk of a different man today. And I think it took that. Like I said, God don't do anything by accident. And, uh, and I was just right in the right place at the right time for uh, exactly the right person. And, you know, we have those opportunities in here to do that. Um, I can see the same thing in her. You know, one thing I told her, you know, your life is going to get better. Uh, some of this stuff is, uh, what I said, you know what, Carissa? You work these 12 steps, practice these principles in your life, you're going to be prettier. <laughs> and that's the truth. It is the truth. We look like crap on dope and alcohol, you know? Uh, you get this stuff straight out of your system, and, and so I saw a bell go off when I told her that, and I also saw, like, uh, but that's the truth, and I get to come home to her today and uh, and see that sparkle in her eye. You see it. It's another quote out of the book. It's the, you've seen the, the, the eyes of the men and women. You see the sparkle. It's like... Uh, uh, you get a, that special pass key. I call it my crystal ball. Uh, I can tell if you've got this thing. It's a special club. If you've done this work and you've got this sparkle in your eye, you can look at somebody and tell that they do too. It's like a secret handshake. Uh, one of the things was that I thought about was like, how's, you know, I had to do a pretty decent dance there between staying out of her recovery. And, show, and, and demonstrating and guiding at the same time. Uh, she is a minor. Um, and I thought about how, you know, how, how is she gonna find a sponsor in this joint, you know? So who's gonna wanna sponsor a 17-year-old kid? And I was sitting in a meeting on Zoom one night and this woman fell out, a 24-year-old woman fell out of the ceiling tiles and landed in a chair and turned out to be my daughter's sponsor. I mean, this is the things, this is miracles. This is the stuff that happens. This girl's never been at one of our meetings and here she falls down out of the sky into the chair and is currently her sponsor. And uh, it just, being here doing this, uh, we started a program, Christopher Rowe book, uh, called 12 Step Spiritual Recovery. And it is the 12 steps for everybody. There's a hundred fellowships out there that use the 12 steps for their basis on how to get better gambling, overeaters, I don't know, half a dozen sex kind of things, uh, every substance, heroin, cocaine, marijuana. And, um, but there's nothing out there for everybody else. And the world's suffering just like the rest of us. We just found this, this one solution here. Uh, everybody's walking around with some kind of chip on their shoulder or some kind of thing and I can and and I believe that the, I have watched I've had the opportunity to take people through this work who are not alcoholics and addicts through that program and watch the same thing happen to them as happens to the drinkers uh, and, and uh, that's you know putting that together and and that's where that girl fell out of the ceiling for my daughter you know and um, it's been taught to me but because everything's been taught to me, right? I don't know nothing. <laughs> Anything I'm saying has been taught to me. Um, but your life's journey is dependent upon, really, you doing your healing work. 
you know, you're going to have some hurdle. It doesn't know what it's going to be. Maybe you got your eye shot out when you were in third grade, and that's, you got to deal with that. Uh, you lose parents, you lose pets. Uh, who knows what happens to you? Maybe you didn't have a mom and dad in the first place. Everybody's got some kind of thing, and your job is to do your healing work to repair from that because at some point down the line, some other human being is going to intersect your path, and they're going to be dependent upon you having done your healing work so when they land and bounce up against you, you're ready to help them do theirs. It's just like the Joseph Campbell hero journey. You know, you're going to, uh, my job today is, is to keep my hand out for the next person who needs help with whatever it is that they need help with. And thankfully, I've got this 12-step surrounded me in, in alcohol addiction and nothing. And, uh, and, and I'm armed with those tools. And I know for a fact that that's why I'm here today. My entire purpose in, uh, on this planet is, is, is to help other people if that's what they need. <laughs> Uh, if they don't need help, you know, that's the other thing. If you don't need it, if you don't want help, there's no amount of this that will help you. Uh, I know that Jason said I could go over, but I'm going to run out of gas. And I know y'all got some other things to do. He's, uh, I like how he did the birthdays at the beginning because then that gives me a stop time. I don't have to worry about stopping at, uh, in time to do the birthdays. Let me think. You know, I ha don't want to bore you with a miracle list, but, uh, just so many things that happen as a result of me walking this 12-step path and that's why we do this right uh, the people that have been here for a little bit they're here for that new guy that walks in the door that's our sole purpose here really because uh, uh, I have my seat you know and, and I'm gonna keep it but I'm not gonna be able to keep my seat unless I'm keeping one warm right next to me uh, that's 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 a requirement of being in this uh, to be able to, you know, you gotta, you gotta give it away to keep it, and uh, I am sold on, on uh, that's my place in life today. So, uh, thank everybody for being here tonight. Thank you guys. Congratulations on the birthdays tonight. It just uh, warms my heart, puts uh, more fuel in my soul to uh, wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. Thank y'all. Dan Reeves, alcoholic. Just who they wanted 